Good morning, everyone. It is great to see you, and um, welcome to Solana Valley Church, and welcome to everyone who is, as well is tuning in from uh, on Facebook and on YouTube. Dan, if we could uh, cut that CD, that'd be great. Uh, now, my mug says, Dad Joke Loading, Please Wait, <laughs> but I'm going to spare you from that, and I'm going to instead invite you to stand and not recite a dad joke, but to worship our amazing God and our amazing uh, creator. I missed you all last week. It is great to be back. My wife, Carolyn, and I, we had a wonderful time back in Mississippi at my high school reunion, and uh, uh, it's uh, it was really funny. Uh, in, in the Facebook group for the reunion, someone posted, before the reunion, they said, uh, now keep in mind, some of us have aged better than others. <laughs> I thought, that's a bold thing to say. Welcome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. No, but, but seriously, um, we are in the house of the Lord today, and there is joy, and there is peace, and there is hope to be found in the Savior, the one and only Savior, Jesus Christ. So let's, uh, let's worship him today. Let's sing church. We worship the God who was. We worship the God who is. We worship the God who evermore will be. He opened the prison doors. He parted the raging sea. My God, he holds the victory. And there is joy. Sing it, church. There's joy in the house of the Lord. We won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. Dance on in the house of the Lord. I got it surely in this place. We won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. Oh, yes, we do. We shout. We shout out your praise. We sing. We sing to the God who heals. We sing to the God who saves. We sing to the God who always makes a way. He hung up on that cross, then he rose up from that grave. My God still rallies songs away. Now we're running free. We are forgiven, except 
says that um, God's love is an everlasting love. It talks about over and over again in the Psalms, for example, about his faithful love that endures forever. It's not temporary. It's not conditional. It's not prone to mood swings. It's faithful and it's everlasting. And through thick and through thin, it's a love that you and I can stand firm on. Amen. Amen. So as we sing this next song together, I want to invite you to to be still and to contemplate the everlasting God of the everlasting love that God has for you, mm-hmm. for all of us. His love is deep enough for the whole world. This is how deep the Father's love for us. But I 
thank you for the fact that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Jesus went to the cross for the joy set before him. We are grateful for that, eternally grateful for that. Thank you for your grace and your love on which we stand firm and have full confidence in. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, folks, I'd like you to take a few moments to greet those around you, and I just want to ask you, you know, share with the person that you're talking with how God has shown his love to you recently. And we'll continue with our worship in just a moment. folks let's make our way back to our seats we're going to continue with our worship right now grateful to see each and every one of you here today I'm excited about uh, this uh, next song Uh, it's a new one that we're going to introduce to you and um, uh, it was written by a friend of mine uh, who leads worship at Bayside uh, church in Woodland. His name is Greg Cronin. And um, if you go on our Facebook page, you'll see the music video that he made for it. Uh, any of you ever been up to uh, Bernie Falls up in Shasta County? All right. Uh, that's where he filmed it. And uh, it's a really beautiful video. 
in a really beautiful song. And uh, as soon as he played it for our worship leader group that we, our coffee that we have every week, I was like, oh, we got to do that one. It's called More Beautiful. Faster than the oceans Stronger than the mightiest wave And you love me Father of every nation Lord over all the earth And you love me More beautiful, more beautiful than the stars in the heavens. You call each and every one by name. More beautiful than the streams in the mountains. The word from your lips, they took their shape. Healer. Healer of every heartache, wiping away all my tears because you love me. Restorer of all that is broken, drawing me back close to you. Because you love me. Oh, you're more beautiful. More beautiful than the stars in the heavens. You call each and every one by name. More beautiful than the streams in the mountains. With the word from your lips, they took their How deep, how deep, how wide, how high is your love for me? How deep, how wide, how high is your love for me? More beautiful 
to invite my wife Carolyn up to share uh, some announcements with us. Will you welcome her, please? There you go. Well, good morning, Solana Valley Church. So good to see everybody this morning. I do have a few announcements for you. Um, so first of all, the priority of connection. So, you know, we're coming out of, and it feels like we're still coming out of a time where we've been isolated for so long. And we weren't meant to be isolated. We were meant to be connected. So here at Solana Valley, we have ways for you to connect. Um, First of all, we have a couple of small groups going on. Uh, We have some families in the church that are hosting. We have the Acords that host a group on Tuesday nights. And we have the Claussens that host a group on Thursday nights. Did I get that? Switched. So Claussens are Thursday. Tuesday. Thank you. Acords are Thursday. So anyway, we do have groups. Um, and it's a great, these are co-ed groups, and it's a great place to come and connect. We also, Matt is going to be um, actually hosting a men's group starting Wednesday, November 2nd. So, so men, uh, start thinking about that. Great way to come to connect. And as well, Joy is going to be hosting a women's group starting ne- next month. Um, if you've never been in a small group before, what I will say is it is a safe place. It is a fun place. It is a place where you can come and connect with other people, um, not just on Sunday mornings, and you can look forward to that connection every week. So I really want to encourage you to come and connect as well as belong, and um, it's just a place where we become more like Jesus and we grow. Um, We need each other to grow, so check those small groups out. Another way to connect is with coffee with a pastor, and I love that Pastor Gary and Pastor Matt do this. Every Wednesday, they show up faithfully at Journey Coffee on Chadbourne Road. So if you just want to come hang out, if you have questions, if there's some, something burning in your heart that you just want to talk about, they're there, whether it's church-related, personal, or whatever. So another great opportunity to connect every Wednesday, and they will be there this Wednesday at 4 o'clock. Feel free to stop by. And right now, I'd like to invite my daughter, Katie, up. She has an announcement for you. Hi, guys. Like uh, my mom said, my name is Katie, and I'd like to uh, invite you to meet a need in our community. So about a month ago, I started volunteering at the Leaven, which is a place where children can go, at-risk children can go uh, to get help with homework and play games and just have a fun time and I was talking with my site manager the other day and I just wanted to see what the children needed what could I do for the children and he mentioned that they needed school supplies so now I'm asking if you are willing to help donate school supplies Um, and next week I will be putting a box in the back where you can uh, put your donations and there's also flyers in the back corner so if you want information you can go look at those flyers and i will be accepting donations up until november uh, 13th and i just really want to thank you in advance if you were uh, willing to help donate and 
These are really amazing kids. I love them all, and I truly think they deserve this. They deserve these little care packages that I'm putting uh, up for them, and thank you. She has a voice. <laughs> My quiet one. Way to go, Katie, and thank you for serving in our community. We're super proud. Um, so the next thing that I wanted to bring to your attention is um, worship through giving. So first of all, I have to say thank you, church, for your generosity. Um, we meet in this building. We're here to preach the gospel and to share the gospel, and to, we want to take it out into the community um, because we all know that we have such a gift to give. We have the gift of Jesus Christ to give. And so your giving helps us do that. It not only keeps the doors open, but it helps us get out into the community. So I just want to thank you for that um, and just remind you there are five ways to give, and you can check those out on the website at solanovalley.org back, uh, forward slash giving. And, um, and it's important to know that when we give, we do make an internal, eternal investment in building God's kingdom and we make an impact on the community for the sake of the gospel so again thank you so much for your generosity and right now I'm going to invite Gary up um, with today's message All right. good morning everybody so good to see you guys uh, earlier this week Joy and I uh, got away for a couple of days we were able to go down to Santa Cruz uh, we were there for a pastor's uh, retreat, uh, met with a number of pastors and pastor's wives, uh, from, mostly from Northern California, but one of my buddies who is the uh, national director for Venture Church Network, which is a network, that's a network that we're a part of, about a thousand, a little over a thousand churches across the nation, and, uh, but Dave was with us as well, and uh, it's always great to be able to connect with Dave and with some of the other guys uh, some of these people, I've been working with them for, wow, I mean, almost 30 years, and just an awesome group. And then I uh, met some brand-new friends this week, uh, met some new friends. We met um, Steve and Jenny. Uh, I, I, their last name is Luxa or Luke's, I'm not sure, but uh, he pastors a church over in Davis, uh, so we're going to be getting together sometime in the near future. And uh, But it was just, it was just, it was fun to get away. Um, uh, we had several messages that were brought to us, one by a guy named uh, Josh Lane, who is the, the, the executive director for Venture Church Network in Northern California. But Josh is a really, really neat uh, young man, and he brought a message to us about John the Baptist. Then Dave Whitaker brought us one that night uh, about uh, the story of Elijah. And then, uh, and then uh, Renee Schlepper, who is a uh, – he's like – he's got an awesome uh, – he just has an awesome speaking voice, which you all wish that I had, uh, but I don't. Uh, but Renee is, like, fantastic. He's a really cool guy, Pastor Twin Lakes Church uh, down in Santa Cruz, and uh, brought some really, really good stuff for us. So it was really a good time to get away. Um, you know, when we come here uh, on Sunday mornings, we come here first to really worship God, a great and awesome God. And our God is great. He is awesome. Our God spoke the word, and a hundred billion trillion stars were created. A uh, hundred billion trillion. He just he, he did all that by the power of his spoken word. And, and this same God, this same God, uh, is about this fantastic work of redeeming 
all of creation. He is. And when we read the Bible, and, you know, the Bible is more than just a collection of stories. Yeah, it has lots of stories in it. Uh, It has lots of themes in it. But it is really one story. It's really one story. In Genesis 1 and Genesis chapter 2, the first two chapters of the Bible, God creates all all things, and he he makes all things good. And, And then finally he says it's very good. But you and I know creation sometimes just really isn't all that good, is it? I mean, we see suffering. We see pain. We see famine. We see war. We see violence of all kinds. The Bible tells us the reason that's true is because something called sin entered God's good creation. And with sin came suffering and death. But it's, real, it, it's really fascinating because as you continue to read through the Bible, you get to the very end in Revelation chapter 21 and chapter 22, and guess what happens? Everything's good again. And, and, but between Genesis 3 and, and, and Revelation chapter 20, what God is about and what God is doing is he's about redeeming all humanity. And redeeming his creation. And this for me, this for me is just like awesome. I can't quite get over this. Is that, understand this, the Bible was written over a 1500 year time frame. It was written in three different languages. It was written on three different continents. It was written by 40 different authors who come from many diverse ways of life. And yet there's one central message. God redeeming his creation. And right at this, the center of this work that God is doing of redeeming his creation is the cross. And for us, a lot of us, we like to wear a cross. For us, it's a reminder of something really, really beautiful. The, the interesting thing is, is that the cross in the first century, in the 21st century, you know, we like to have this little cleaned up shiny you know, gold, metal, cross. And there's nothing wrong with wearing a cross. You know, nothing in the world wrong with that. But uh, in the first century, the cross was like a swastika. It represented cruelty. It represented suffering. And yet it is at the very center of what the Bible calls the gospel or good news. You see, on the cross, what happened? What happened on the cross was something fantastic. Uh, something really fantastic happened. Is that what God did is, is that, 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 understand this, God is holy. God is holy. And what that means is that, that God, God and sin just don't go very well together. All right? It's kind of like poop and brownies. Okay? It's kind of like poop and brownies. I'm sorry, I know. You're not supposed to talk about poop in church. <laughs> so I'll call it poo-poo instead, all right? No, that's less offensive, right? Poo-poo. So if I make you some brownies, and they're, you know, I make, I get the Duncan Hines, you know, mix them, put some pecans in it. Let's pretend like I can actually cook, okay? And I make you some brownies. But then I go out, before I, I stir it all up, I go out in the backyard, I get a little, you know, dog poop, poo-poo, excuse me. Uh, and I put it in the brownies. I mix it up for you, and I give it to you. <laughs> and you're like, gee, Gary, these brownies, uh, they they kind of smell a little different. What's that about? You know? Well, and I say, well, it's 
the secret ingredient that makes them so awesome what they are. Oh, yeah, what's the secret ingredient? It's poo-poo. <laughs> and you're like, okay, Gary, that's like really offensive. And I say, yeah, I, well, I mean, if there were a lot of poo-poo in it, it would be offensive. But it's only a small amount of poo-poo. I only put like a teaspoon in it. You see, a little bit of poop really spoils the brownies. And that's what sin does to our humanity. The sin in us spoils our humanity. It defiles us. And what the Bible tells us is that God has this wrath, this holy wrath. And when we talk about the wrath of God, we're not talking about a dog with rabies, you know. We're not talking about the unholy wrath of men. It's completely different. But there's a holy wrath that God has towards sin. Why? Because of what it does to God's humanity. People that God loves. And and so, so in the cross, we see this wrath of God towards sin, but we also see something else absolutely awesome. We see God's holy, redeeming love. For you, for me. Tim Keller, who is a, a, a preacher, pastors a church up in New York City. He's got cancer right now. Uh, he is, uh, he's written a bunch of books. Keller is like a true intellectual, but he, he is a true theologian. But he's also really good with people. He's really good with people. He really loves people. He has a pastor's heart, a shepherd's heart. And one of the things that that Keller likes to talk about, and he always says it with a smile on his face, he says this, he says, you know, the gospel tells us that we are more broken, we are more sinful, we are more fallen than we can imagine. But the gospel also tells us that we are more loved than we ever dared to dream. Sorry, that's not my sermon. At the center, at the center of the gospel message, God redeeming humanity, at the center of the cross, there is a theme. This theme is called justification. Can you say justification? Okay. Is everybody's ears filling up with sand right now? Oh, it's, you know, it's a four-syllable word. I don't, I don't, I'm from Arkansas. I don't speak four-syllable words. This voice in Arkansas? Yeah, that's only a three-syllable word, okay? Uh, you know, justification, it, it's, it's a word that, that I, mean, I mean, do you use the word justification a lot in, in your everyday language? No, not, not, not really. Let's go back in time. I want you to go back in time with me. I want you to go back in time 2,000 years. I want you to pretend like you're living in ancient Rome. You're there, you're part of a church. And by the way, I think church the way it's meant to be is not, I, I don't think, um, it's not just supposed to be an organization or whatever. It, it's, you know, what the church is supposed to be is supposed to be like a family. So what I want you to imagine is, is that it's a small group of people who are gathered together for the purpose of worshiping God. And, and a lot of these people in this ancient church that you are a part of in Rome 2,000 years ago, there is a, a significant Jewish population. But remember, Rome is a very cosmopolitan city. There are people from all across the ancient world, all of the Roman Empire, who live there. 
And so this church is made up of a, a, a larger segment of Jews, but it's also made up of a lot of different people who are non-Jewish or that Jews would call Gentiles. And, and they're all interested in knowing more about the gospel. And so what Paul does is he writes them, and what he does is he says this. He says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel. The gospel doesn't embarrass me. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. The gospel does not embarrass me. Holding up a cross does not embarrass me. I am not ashamed of the gospel. Why? For it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. By the way, by the way, I need the gospel today. I do. I do. I need the gospel today. I didn't just need it the first time I believed in it. I need the gospel today. I need the gospel every day. And you do too. We need the gospel. We need the saving work of God in our lives every day. And so what, what Paul does is he writes this kind of long letter. And in this he says, For I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it's the power of God for, uh, for salvation for all who believe. For in it, in the gospel, the righteousness, God's righteousness. Now, that's a word we don't use a lot. It's kind of like, it's kind of like justification. You use the word righteousness a lot? No, no. By the way, in Greek, righteousness and justification, same word. One is a noun form. The other is a verb form. Okay? Now, we don't see it that way in English. It doesn't come through. But in the Greek, it's dikaiosene. That's, that's righteousness. To be uh, justified or made righteous is dikaio. Okay? There's your little Greek lesson for the day, all right? A couple of little Greek words, all right? So, so what, what we have here is we have this gospel, and, and, and what, what Paul says is in the gospel, the righteousness of God, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. And then what, what um, the whole book of Romans, it's 16 chapters. The whole book of Romans is about how God reveals his righteousness uh, to us. And so chapters 1, basically 18 up through uh, uh, chapter 3 around verse 20, it's about God's righteousness revealed and God's wrath towards sin, okay? And then Romans uh, chapter 6 through, uh, excuse me, yeah, excuse me, Romans chapter 3, about verse 21 up to the end of chapter 5, it's about God's righteousness revealed in his justification of sinners. And then it, it goes on to, we, it, in chapters 6 through 8, it's God's righteousness revealed uh, in sanctification, being made more like Jesus. Uh, in chapters 9 through 11, God's righteousness revealed in election. And then chapters 12 through 15, God's righteousness in everyday life. And that's the entire book of Romans. And, and so what, at the center of what Paul talks about is something called justification. And pretend like, again, you are in ancient Rome. You are a Roman. You use the word, you hear the word all the time. You may not use it, but you hear it. See, it, it's a, a term that's taken out of the law courts. When a person goes to a court, they're accused of a crime. They are either condemned, that's the opposite, or they are justified. They are declared just. They are declared righteous. And so these were everyday terms for you. 
And today what we're going to do is we're going to look at we're going to look at this this word justification. And the reason we're not talking about James today is James talks about justification as well, but he talks about it in different terms. And so what we want to do is we want to look at how it's talked about in the book of Romans. And then two weeks from today, we're going to pick up on this, and we're going to look at how James talks about it there. But justification, this is just my definition, justification is God graciously declaring that we, that you, that me, that not just that we're forgiven, but that we are perfectly righteous. That, that what justification is God graciously decreeing, declaring that we are perfectly righteous before him, not through our works. Not through going to church, not through, I don't know, taking communion, not through, you know, being baptized, not through reading your Bible every day and, you know, whatever. No, 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 no. That justification is God graciously, kindly. God graciously declaring that we are perfectly righteous before him, not through our works, but through the redeeming work of Jesus. Oh, that word redeem. Remember, you're an ancient Roman, right? Redeem. It's a word you use every day. Y'all use the word redeem every day? No, no, no. Okay, why? Well, because mostly because we don't have slaves. But if you bought a person out of slavery like you would have done then, you redeem them. That's what you do. You redeem people out of slavery. And what God does is he redeems us out of slavery to sin. Justification is God graciously declaring that we are perfectly righteous before him, not through our works, but through the redeeming work of Christ and the atoning sacrifice of Jesus. Again, these are words that we're not used to, atoning sacrifice. But if you lived in ancient Rome or if you were Jewish, you were very familiar with the concept of atonement and sacrifice. Animal sacrifice was a very important part of how the Jews celebrated uh, following God. And it was also the way many pagans serving pagan gods, it was also a part of how they worshipped. But see, the reason we don't do animal sacrifices today is because Jesus is our atoning sacrifice. And, And what this means is it means that God's holy wrath was fully satisfied on the cross. God's holy wrath towards sin. So that we could experience his redeeming love. So justification is God graciously declaring that we are perfectly righteous before him, not through our works, but through the redeeming work and atoning sacrifice of Jesus that fully satisfies God's holy wrath towards sin and makes us perfectly righteous uh, through faith in Jesus. I'm going to skip this. I'm going to get into the, the scriptures. Can I do that? I went a little longer there and I tended to. If you have a Bible, I'd like to encourage you to open it. Uh, I'm going to be reading from the NIV Bible, uh, the NIV Bible, the two, uh, uh, and and uh, uh, I'm going to read this translation of uh, Romans for you. And then what I want to do is I want to read for you a paraphrase of this text, if I can do that. Okay. Paul writes, writing to this church, he had never been there, he had never yet visited. He will be there later, and he'll come as a prisoner. 
But before he came as a prisoner, Paul writes to these Christians, and he writes to them in in Romans chapter 3, beginning in verse 21, and I'm going to read through verse 28. But Paul writes this. He says, now, now, apart from the law, what's the law? The law is the Old Testament scriptures, okay? But now, now, apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been made known. Remember, Romans is about God revealing his righteousness, uh, but now, uh, apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been made known. It has been revealed to which the law and the prophets, that's the Old Testament scriptures, to which the law and the prophets testify. This righteousness that God offers, this righteousness being made perfectly right with God, this righteousness is given through faith. It's not through our works, but through faith. Faith in Jesus Christ To all who believe. To all who believe. There is no difference between Jew and Gentile. We're all in the same situation. Today we might say there's no difference between black or white. There's no difference between Asian or Hispanic. There's no difference between Republican or Democrat. There is no difference between gay or straight. There is no difference between Jew and Gentile, for all have sinned. See, I share something in common with all those people, and you do too. All of us have sinned. I mean, you know, may not be a whole lot of poop in our brownies. Maybe it's just a little bit of poop in our brownies. But it's poop is poop, all right? Uh, I'm sorry, I'm completely lost. Where am I at in the Bible? Okay, 23. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That's why I need the gospel. That's why you need the gospel. Nobody needs moralism. Moralism saves no one. The gospel is the power of God for salvation for all who believe the gospel. I am not going to preach moralism. Because the, the Bible preaches a better message, a better story. The story, the message of the gospel. For all of sin, if all short of the glory, and all, all, Jew, Gentile, everybody, for all are justified, made right, made righteous, freely by his grace, by God's grace. Grace is just God's unexpected, undeserved kindness towards you and me. It's not, anyway, okay. Um, all are justified freely by his grace through redemption. Remember that concept, buying a slave out of slavery? Uh, Through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement. Remember that sacrifice of atonement? That, That fully satisfies the wrath of God towards sin? It makes it possible to experience the fullness of his love, grace, and mercy for us. Uh, God um, presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement through the shedding of his blood to be received by faith. Trust in, in Jesus. He did this to demonstrate his righteousness. See, God is purely righteous. I have a flashlight. Did you know that? I have a flashlight. 
But there's something that our planet, you know, circles around. At least that's what they say. You know, it's it's true. Okay, it's true. It's not it's not it's not a conspiracy. It's true. The, the Earth actually does rotate around the sun. Okay. Yeah. And so if you take my flashlight, that's a little bit light, and you take the moon. Guess which one is brighter? When we're saying that God is righteous, we are saying that He's like. It's like he is righteous like the sun is bright. God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement uh, through the shedding of his blood to be received. He did this to demonstrate his righteousness because in his forbearance, that means his patience, in his forbearance, he had left the sins committed beforehand unpunished, meaning this. God didn't immediately... Strike me dead the first time I sinned against God. And he didn't immediately strike everybody dead the first time they sinned. Why? Because he is anticipating the coming of Jesus who fully satisfies his wrath. Okay? He did this to demonstrate his righteousness because in his forbearance he left the sins committed beforehand unpunished. He did it to demonstrate his righteousness at the present time so as to be just and the one who justifies those who have faith in Jesus. And then Paul does this. He likes to ask questions and then answer them. He kind of asks a question of like an imaginary, I don't know, disagreeable person. Uh, and he, uh, he imagines someone says, well, where then is boasting? And Paul responds, it's excluded. Because, and, and this imaginary person asks, because of what law, what principle? The law, the principle that requires works? And then Paul answers, no, because of the law, the principle that requires faith. For we maintain that a person is justified, made fully right with God. A person is justified by faith apart from the works of the law. Um, what I want to do right now is I want to read to this whole text to you again, but I want to do it in the form of a paraphrase about, I don't know, it's been a few years ago, uh, uh, probably around a little over six years ago. I, I did a paraphrase of this part of Romans and other parts of Romans. Okay? And a paraphrase is where you just kind of write it out in your own words. It, it's really a good way to really to grapple with the word and try to get at what God is saying to us. So I want to read you my paraphrase if I can. Okay? Uh, beginning in verse 21. God has made his righteousness knowable for all people. This righteousness is available for everyone apart from the law. Uh, And the Old Testament scriptures testify to this. This righteousness is freely given to us through faith in Jesus to everyone who believes. This means there's no difference between Jew and Gentiles. But both have sinned and both fall short of God's glory. And both are made right with God. Uh, Both are made right with God freely at no cost to them at all. Both can be made right with God because he is gracious enough to do it. He does this by redeeming both Jew and Gentile and buying them out from under sin through Christ Jesus. God gave Christ up as an atoning sacrifice that fully satisfies the holy wrath of God through the spilling of his blood, the blood of Jesus. A sacrifice on our behalf that we 
that you and I, that we receive by faith. God did this to demonstrate his righteousness, his perfect righteousness. In his gracious kindness, he left past sins unpunished. So that he might demonstrate his righteousness through the atoning sacrifice in Jesus. To, uh, so that he might demonstrate his righteousness in this present time. Meaning the time of Jesus. The time of the cross. So then, God is just righteous. God is just. And, also, and he also justifies, makes righteous everyone who puts their faith in Jesus. So then, there's no boasting. Oh, so then, where are, is there any room for boasting? Not in the least. Why? By what rule or principle? A rule or principle of works? No. Rather, by the rule or principle of faith. Because people are made right with God, uh, made right with God by faith, apart from human works under the law. All right. I could go long on this, and I want to try to shorten this up really, really fast. I want to drive home a couple of points. Can I do that? We'll see. First thing I want you to understand is this, is that we are unrighteous people. Now, when I'm saying we're unrighteous people, when I'm saying you and I are sinful, I'm not saying that you and I are as sinful as we could be. We're not saying that we're... Uh, but what I'm saying is, is that all of us... I don't know. Is anybody here perfect? <laughs> I think most of us would say, no, I'm not perfect, all right? And if we won't say it, our husband will say it for us or our wife will say it for us. Okay? None of us are perfect. None of us are perfect. Okay? Nobody is perfect. Uh, All of us have a sin problem. All of us are unrighteous people. We are all sinners. We have all fallen short of God's glory. Uh, The Bible says at the end of verse 22 and in 23, it says there is no difference between Jew and Gentiles for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We all fall short. We, 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 We fall short of the righteousness of God. And because of that, we're separated from him. All right, that's enough on point one. All right, point two, and you'll be glad to hear this. There's only two points to the message. Point two. The only problem is there's like five points under point two. Point two is this. God makes us right with him by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. See, that's how it happens. I don't make myself right with God. I don't, it's not a wage. It's not something I earn. I can't say, well, God, you should make me righteous. I mean, think of all those sermons I preached. You know, think, think about, you know, you know, make up your list. I don't know, whatever it is. None of us can make ourselves righteous, but God can. God makes, it, makes us righteous uh, with him by grace alone, meaning that God's gracious, through faith alone, meaning our trust in Jesus, in Christ alone, the one who bore our sin on the cross. So real quickly here. God is the one who makes us righteous. Where do we see that? Verse 24, and all are justified freely by his grace. That God makes us righteous. We don't make ourselves righteous. Uh, We don't um, think of it like this. Think of it like this. 
Imagine that your sin is a debt, okay? It's a debt against God. Imagine that your sin is a debt. And let's just imagine, I don't know, you know, I mean, that guy, Elon Musk, poor guy. Did you know he lost $100 billion last year? Did you know that? He, he knows what it's like. He knows what it's like for the rest of us who are suburban middle classers, okay? He can really relate to us. He's really been hit hard by the economy. He lost $100 billion. He's still worth $200 billion. So let's just imagine that, that we have this debt of sin, that $100 billion against us. How long would it take me to pay off $100 billion? I mean, can I do that? No. But this is what I want you to understand, is that through faith in Jesus... We are joined together in such a way that all my sin was with him on the cross. That fully satisfied the debt of my sin. But this is what I want you to also imagine. Is being made righteous to God doesn't just mean the debt of our sin is wiped out. It means that we are made perfectly righteous like only God is righteous. Because Jesus is a righteous God. See, we are made... Okay, imagine I go from owing $100 billion. I don't know if any of y'all have ever had a big debt before. I have one that's called a mortgage, okay? Uh, I remember a few years ago, about five years ago, uh, we went through a real, real hard time. Most of you know about this, six years ago, actually. I went through a pretty hard time where uh, Joy was in hospital, uh, had some uh, medical issues. Um, you know, the surgeon was convinced it's cancer. Uh, and then somehow, uh, all of us were praying, and somehow, in a way that the doctors don't know how to explain, the tumor just began to go away. She was never treated. She was never treated. God did that. But guess what? Kaiser still gave us a bill. They didn't make it go away, but they were still happy to charge us for what they did not do. I'm really glad God didn't send us a bill. That same year, uh, Faith also had some medical issues. She was in the hospital for 10 days, was in an outpatient program for about seven months. It was very expensive. All this stuff, let me put it this way. When we got the bill, it had a whole lot of zeros on it. And I was like, man, I was like sick. I was like, what are we going to do? I don't know if I can keep our two older kids in college. And we prayed. We applied for a hardship with Kaiser, and we prayed. And they told us, don't expect to hear anything for 60 to 90 days. Oh, I remember on a Tuesday just being overwhelmed with, feeling the pressure of this debt. And then on Thursday, Caleb got an email that he got a special grant that he had not gotten before for school. Wow. Just felt like relief. And then on that following Monday, Joy and I, we were looking at her bill, and all of a sudden, the bill was different. You know all those zeros I was telling you about on the bill? Did I tell you the bill had lots of zeros? The zeros were missing. I was like, wait, where did the zeros go? 
I'm like, so I called up, I called up Kaiser. I said, is there a mistake on our bill? I've told you this story before. Is there a mistake on our bill? And Kaiser said, oh, yeah. I'm like, oh, they're going to start adding the zeros back. And they'll probably put an extra one on there just because they don't like me. Okay. I called up Kaiser. They said, yeah, there's a mistake. You see this thing up here? That you don't owe that anymore. And I'm like, oh, wow. One of the zeros disappeared. And they said, oh, oh, and this over here, you don't owe that anymore either. And that zero disappeared. And then this is what they said. Oh, and it looks like we're going to be sending you some money back. And you know what Kaiser did? They sent us some money back. And after they sent that money back, you know what they did? They sent more money back. All right? This is what it means, and this was the way an ancient Roman would have understood the idea of being made righteous. It means all the negative zeros that were against you disappear, and now you have all the zeros of the righteousness of Jesus added to you, to me. See, being made righteous doesn't simply mean our sin is forgiven. It means our sin is forgiven because it's paid for in Jesus. And not only is our sin forgiven, now all the righteousness of Jesus is added to us. I'm not talking like $200 billion of righteousness like Elon Musk. I'm talking like $100,000 million, billion, trillion dollars in righteousness. It's credited to you and to me. This is what you need to understand. I hope you get this. For the rest of your life, you never have to feel dread. The Bible says this. You know, sometimes we can be our own worst enemy and we we condemn ourselves because of things we've done in the past. The Bible says this. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. See, righteousness, being declared righteous, is the opposite of condemnation. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Is this good news? That's why it's called the gospel. Because that's what gospel means. It's good news. God makes us righteous. Okay, I need to move faster. God makes us righteous freely by grace. For all are justified freely by his grace. It's not something we deserve. It's not something we earn. It is something that's given to us freely as a gift because of God's gracious kindness towards you and me. Third, God makes us righteous through redemption in Christ. All are justified freely by his grace through the redemption. Redemption. Remember, redemption means in the ancient world you were very familiar with this term. Why? Because all around you are people, some who are still slaves, but some who have been redeemed. So that word redemption is a very emotional word for you. And when you hear that Jesus has redeemed you out of slavery, slavery to sin, you don't just listen to that with sand in your ears. You listen to that with joy in your heart. It grabs you. It grabs you. He makes us righteous through redemption in Christ. God makes us righteous through Christ's atoning sacrifice. For God presented Christ as the sacrifice of atonement through the shedding of his blood. See, 
See, <clears throat> when we're justified, it doesn't mean that, that God ignores our sin. It doesn't mean that. God does not ignore anyone's sin. It doesn't mean that God excuses our sin. God can't do that. God cannot excuse sin. Why? Because there's no excuse. Because God is holy. But this is what God can do. He can fully satisfy His wrath for sin on our behalf by taking that wrath on Himself. That's what Jesus did on the cross. God makes us righteous through Christ's atoning sacrifice. And then God makes us righteous. How? By faith in Christ. That as you read through this text, you'll see the words righteousness and justify over and over again. I think eight different times in eight verses. But there's another word you keep seeing here over and over again. Verse 22. This righteousness is given through faith. This righteousness is given through faith. That's what the Bible says. Through faith. Not through our works, but through faith. This righteousness is given through faith. Faith in what? Faith in who? In Jesus Christ. This righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. By the way, faith, believe, Greek word, pistis, same Greek word. Uh, We just like to translate it differently sometimes. Okay? So this righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. God, verse 25, God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement through the shedding of his blood to be received, to be received, to be received by faith. By faith we receive it. We just receive it. It's like you receive a gift. You just receive it and say thank you to the giver. And God is the giver. In verse 26, we see this word again. He, God, did it. He made us righteous. Why? To demonstrate his righteousness at the present time so as to be just and the one who justifies those who have faith in Jesus. And then verse 28. For we maintain that a person is justified by faith apart apart there. Didn't mean to say that. For we maintain that a person is justified by faith apart from the works of the law. I'm sorry. I could, my inner 13-year-old just took over. I apologize. All right. This is why I need the righteousness of God, because I am more than slightly imperfect. All right. All right. I'll probably get grief about this later. Anyway, let's, let's move on. This is what you need to understand. is at the center of God's story, which is also our story, is Jesus. Jesus and the cross. And when Jesus went to the cross, he went there. He went there for you. He did. He went there for you. 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 He went there for me. Why? Because we deserve it? No. But because we need it. 
so much. And what God wants for you and me is He wants to receive it by faith. And then He wants to celebrate it every day for the rest of our lives. I I think it's appropriate here in this moment. You know, for some of you, you have made this decision to receive this gift from God that's freely given, this gift of grace. And you've done that. But for some of you, you need to be reminded of this is not just a story that you heard a long time ago that has no relevance for your life today. When we meditate on what Jesus has done for us, it fills us with gratitude and it fills us with worship. You need this today as much as you did the first day you believed in it. And for anyone here today who's not yet, who's maybe you've gone to church, maybe you've been religious or spiritual, maybe you don't like the word religion, you prefer the word spiritual. But today, what I want to ask you is have you put your faith in the one and only Savior of all, of all mankind? Uh, you know, I've shared this story many times. I, you know, I, I, I made kind of like an initial commitment to Christ as a little boy, but I went through a period of time where I really walked away from Jesus. I really did. I went through a time where I'd gone through some bullying, and I went through a time where I just felt empty. I felt alone. I was afraid. I was anxious. I was bitter. I was angry at the people who had bullied me, and I was lost. The only way I could feel good about myself is if I was smoking dope. That's the only way I could feel good about myself. Because of how I was despised, I I despised myself. At one point, I even considered suicide. It's only been in recent years I've, I've been comfortable even talking about that with anyone. But in that moment, as I was 16 years old, and, and I was angry. I was a powder keg. I was. I was ready to explode. And I remember I was at this youth conference in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And this guy, his name's Pat Hurley, spoke that night. And I remember afterwards, I just was at this place of complete brokenness. And I said, God, my life is a mess. You know, not, it's a mess, not just because of what has happened to me through other people, but my life is a mess because of how I've internalized all this stuff and the way I'm living. And I ask you to come into my life. I ask you to forgive my sin. I, I, I didn't know how to say it, but I was really asking, God, please make me righteous with the righteousness of Jesus. And in that moment, It was like, it was just awesome. It was like I knew that God had saved me. I'd put my faith in him. And if you haven't done that yet today, I'm going to lead you in a prayer where you can pray that to God if you would like to. So I'm just going to ask you to close your eyes. I'm going to pray this prayer for you. And if it expresses the desire of your heart, I want to encourage you to pray it with me. God, I'm a sinner. 
I'm, I'm more than slightly imperfect. I'm a sinner. And today I want to turn away from my sin. And I want to turn to you. I want to turn to Jesus. I ask God that today that you would forgive my sin, that you would justify me and make me righteous as Jesus is righteous. I pray that you would make me new, a new creation in Jesus. I ask you to save me, to give me the gift of eternal life, and make me to become the kind of person that you want me to be. And I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. I'm going to ask the worship team to come on up. Uh, Today, if you prayed that prayer uh, for the first time, or maybe you prayed it, maybe like I did at 16, maybe you had made a commitment to Jesus before, but you really felt like today that you really weren't sure, sure where you stood in your relationship with God. But if you made that decision, I'd really like to hear about it. Uh, I'm not that hard to reach. Uh, if you'll meet me at Journey, uh, Journey Coffee on Chadburn at 4 o'clock. Hey, what time am I picking up your mom on Wednesday? Oh, awesome, awesome. I'll be there at 4 p.m. at Chadburn Road at, at, at Journey. I'll buy you a cup of coffee. We can talk more about it. If you want to talk with me about it after church, you can do that. Uh, if you want to call me, uh, if, you want to, um, if you want to email me, I'm, I'm pretty accessible. You just go to salonvalley.org and you can find all that kind of good stuff. But I really would like to talk to you more about that. So love you guys. Gary, thank you so much. I, I am um, so grateful I was here today. And I'm so grateful to be reminded of the good news of the gospel. We heard a lot of good, good news. And I, I, like Gary said, I do hope that it fills your heart with joy. And um, to, to know um, how deeply loved you are by your creator, by your savior. Let's stand together. And I would just love to close out this morning by celebrating Jesus one more time and and celebrating that joy that we can have. We worship the God who was. We worship the God who is. We worship the God who ever loved. There's joy. There's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today. We won't be quiet.
Thanks for coming, and we'll see you next week.